No, this is truly one of those podcasts I just have to do. Hi, hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. Faith, Family, Freedom. It's the Brian Sussman Show. And thank you for listening. As you know, I've written a lot about Marxism over the years. In both of my books, Climate Gate, Eco Tyranny, uh, the books were as much about Marxism as anything else. The third book that I'm currently in the process of writing has to do with that theme on an expanded basis. A lot of my blog posts and writings for other publications have also been about Marxism. It's something that's very high on my agenda. Why? I guess it's something that was instituted in my heart or instilled in my heart when I was a young boy. I would hear about communism from my father, who told me about his father, who escaped Lenin's Russia as a 13-year-old boy and came to America. His parents literally put him on a ship and he came to America and the admonition was this. Get a job, make money, learn English, send for your brother. 13-year-old boy comes to America. I don't know. We know so little about his life at that point in time. Was he living with family? We, we don't even know. All we know is that he did get a job and he did make money and he did learn English and he did never sent for his brother. Uh, we don't really know what happened to the family. I know that uh, one member of the family was killed in Auschwitz eventually under, the, under Hitler. But, you know, my dad, uh, he always voted Republican never considered himself a conservative. I don't know that the terminology was used that frequently, but I do know this about my father and my mother. They were both strongly opposed to communism, probably because my dad heard it from his dad. I do know that I have another relative. This would be my aunt's husband who came to this country from Russia as a young boy, and when his family got off the boat in New York City, they literally got on their knees and kissed the ground. That's how happy they were to be gone from communism and here in the United States of America, the land of freedom and opportunity and life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, natural law. Sadly, you know, a lot of people don't even know what natural law is anymore. It's not taught in our schools. Natural law... That's, that is the stuff that's in every person's heart. It's really and truly placed there by God. You know good from evil. You know right from wrong. You know truth from the lie. That's in all of our hearts. That's natural law. And this country was founded upon natural law, whereby we didn't need an intrusive government because ideally everyone knew the difference between right and wrong. And therefore, if we just all do the right... But that ship long sailed. And then there are, of course, natural rights. Natural rights are not taught in the schools any longer as well. These are the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are the rights given to us by God. Government doesn't give us our rights. God does. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And what is liberty? Liberty is having a government that defends life, Having a government that defends the pursuit of happiness, which is property ownership. And having a government that stays out of natural law. 
In other words, the government has nothing to say when it comes to what is right or what is wrong, so to speak, or what is truth or what is a lie. Our laws would be enforced, or I should say, our laws would be written to uphold the natural law. Is this making sense? I sure hope so. Anyway, I'm already getting off track. I'm reading a book right now on Marxism. A friend of mine highly recommended it to me. Uh, it's called We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin Lutzer. I've never heard of Erwin Lutzer before. Well, shame on me because he's actually a, a, a pretty important guy. I do know that the foreword to this book is written by David Jeremiah, and I really like David Jeremiah. He is an excellent uh, Christian teacher, and he is an excellent Christian author, and he seems to be, by all accounts, a man of great integrity. Jeremiah, Dr. Jeremiah, wrote the introduction to the, or the foreword to this book, and he endorsed it. On the cover, it says, if I could, I would put this book into the hands of every Christian in America. When I saw that, I thought, okay, maybe my friend's onto something. I need to read this book. Who is Erwin Lutzer? Well, let me just tell you about Erwin Lutzer. I, there's, there's a huge and significant church in Chicago. It's been around forever. It's called the Moody Church. Dwight Moody was an evangelist who started, of course, the Moody Bible Institute. And the Moody Church is the church he founded in Chicago. And that church has, has seen some wonderful revivals over the years. I'm not sure where they are right now in terms of a revival, but I hope things are flourishing. It's always been an incredibly multicultural church where the Word of God is boldly preached. No corners cut. Well, this Erwin Lutzer was the pastor of that church for 36 years. Okay, so this guy's got something to say, and I really just want to take a moment in this podcast to uh, read just a few excerpts from this book. And by the way, more on me at briansussman.com. My Facebook page is Brian Sussman Show, as is my Instagram page, Daily Doses of Inspiration at Brian Sussman Show. Okay, so here I am in the very beginning of this book. I'm on page 34. There's a section entitled The Silent Church. I want to, I'm just curious how this resonates with you. He says, Dr. Lutzer says, it's time for the church to step up to the plate and seize the high moral ground. Those of us who have been witnesses to the rapid transformation of our country, we who are members of the church, have been strangely silent. Now, certainly everyone is commenting on the fact that things are rapidly transforming in our society. A lot of it has to do with technology. A lot of it has to do with a change in morals and moral values. Uh, when you get guys like Elon Musk saying things are happening fast, things are happening weird fast, and he was talking about artificial intelligence, uh, yes, things are rapidly occurring before our eyes. It's just incredible where we may be going. And there are a lot of people who are broken in this country and around the world. You have so many young people who have been, who grew up in completely dysfunctional families, in often cases void of a father. They have no idea what manhood looks like, what womanhood looks like, how, how men are to treat women, how women are to expect men to treat them. Uh, no moral compass whatsoever. Kids who are broken, bummed out, 
searching, 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 searching for truth, searching for God in all the wrong places. But I pray to God we will see a great awakening in this country. The last time this happened was during the hippie movement. You had an entire generation who were, were broken and looking for truth in all the crazy places, from LSD to uh, sex with anyone, to communism, to communes, music. And millions of those young people found faith in Jesus Christ. But let me get back to the book here. It's time for the church to step up to the plate and seize the moral high ground. Those of us who have been witness to the rapid transformation of our country, we who are members of the church have been strangely silent and with good reason, he says. To our shame, we are afraid of the secular left. Okay, stop for a moment. Does, does that include you? Does that include your church? Nothing against any pastor, but I'm just wondering, could this particular... A statement implicate your pastor. Listen, even I, friends, am fearful of the secular left. Even though I, I have this podcast and I have my other platforms and I was on the radio in San Francisco for 20 years doing four hours of talk a day in liberal San Francisco, a conservative voice. Yeah, these people can be intimidating. I mean, there were times when I would go to speaking events and I'd have to rent security. I'm serious about that. Let me just take a sip of coffee as I used to do on my morning radio show. Let's see here. Ah, just like Mother used to make. And I hated Mother's coffee. <laughs> okay, old joke from the radio show. We needed a moment here, friends. To our shame, we are afraid of the secular left. We, are, we fear being misquoted by the press vilified by the special special interest groups and threatened by the radicals. Well, I can understand why people don't speak up. If you're a pastor and you just sort of like to stay off these issues, I mean, you're a pastor who's in charge of a church and you've got people on staff and you don't want to see the giving go down and you want to, don't want to see people leave because you're concerned about your staff. I mean, I, listen, I'm not making excuses, but I, I see how excuses can be made. There is no joy in being called a racist. Nope. Or hateful or bigoted or homophobic or accused of imposing our religious views on others. I'm personally glad, says Dr. Lutzer, that I have seldom, if ever, been asked to comment on these matters on secular television. Then he goes into a story. Back in 1982, I was part of a Chicago of I was part of a group of Chicago pastors who held a news conference to protest a gay ordinance that was up for debate in City Hall. It's 1982. We experienced the usual criticism and in the end lost our battle. Later, one of our secretaries at the Moody Church received a phone call intended for me. The caller wanted to remind me that we had lost and they had won. And he chided me for getting into the fray. We who are Christians have been told to stay in our corner, pay homage to the left's revolution, and at best keep our mouths shut. He goes on to say, when I wrote a book entitled The Truth About Same-Sex Marriage, demonstrators came to the steps of the Moody Church and shouted curses as they tore up a copy of the book. One of the demonstrators shouted, I'd like to throw a brick through one of the windows. 
Who needs this kind of publicity, he asks. Then he goes on to say this. This is a really interesting point. There's another reason we've been silent. We want to be nice, welcoming, and grace-centered. Totally get that, friends. I totally get that. We want to be nice. We want to be welcoming. We want to be grace-centered. Let me continue. We want to present Jesus as Savior to the greatest number of people possible. If what we say and believe about the secular left's agenda becomes public, we will be called haters, grace deniers, legalistic. We will be scrutinized with even the smallest offenses magnified. We cannot shout as loudly as the radicals, nor should we. So we retreat to silence. He continues, We as evangelicals are expected to stay in our, stay in our small cubicles keep out of the issues that pertain to secular culture. To speak beyond the leftist approved boundaries risks humiliation and vilification. As one atheist told me, the church is fine as long as it stays in its corner. So, Dr. Lutzer goes on to say, I write this book with a heavy heart. Never before have I felt so much like Jehoshaphat, who called a fast when several vicious armies united and came against Israel. He prayed a desperate prayer of repentance, pleading with God, saying, We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. But when the choir began to sing praises to God, the victory was one. Clearly the sovereign God who knows all things and plans all things has prepared for us this moment. We are more ready than we realize to represent Christ in our fragmented culture. We might not know exactly what to do, but we say with Jehoshaphat, our eyes are upon you. So the purpose of this book is how do we live courageously in a culture where the people who shout the loudest always win the arguments. So that's the way it's come down. They shout the loudest on the left. They've got an entire media enterprise on their side. They've got the loudest politicians who are all unified. The Democrat Party is unified, unified. Republican Party has never been unified, and there's good reason for it, quite frankly. It's because the Republican Party... Uh, has sharp the individual members of the Republican Party are just that individual members with sharp elbows and strong opinions on freedom and on faith and on other issues and many of them are not willing to compromise and in some cases that's a very good thing but on the left they've said we'll ignore our various and slight differences because the end will justify the means And therefore, we don't need a moral compass. To hell with a moral compass. It will be our way or the highway, and we will lie through our teeth because there is no God at the end of the day who's going to be judging us for lying because lying is a figment of one's imagination. That's how they believe. That's that's straight from Mark's laws of matter. So here we are. We're at a time in life where we need to make a decision on how we are going to present ourselves in this day and age. 
it's highly unlikely we will ever reverse the laws that restrict religious freedom, for example, in the military, or return public education back to the control of the parents, and even bring things like prayer back into the schools. Those days are probably never going to come back. We've got a sexually liberalized, uh, liberalized curriculum, and I'm not sure that that tide's ever going to turn anytime soon. We've crossed so many fault lines, so many barriers that are, and, 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 and the things we believe, my friends, while they are powerful, it would seem as if collectively there aren't enough of us to withstand media-driven cultural streams that have flooded our nation with garbage. The radicals know how to make themselves look good and how to make people of good faith look really bad. So I like what this pastor says here, Dr. Lutzer. He says, I write this book not so much to reclaim the culture as to reclaim the church. Friends, we, listen, on the moral issues, I, I heard this from a friend recently. And I hope this resonates with you because I've been using this a lot. I may have even used it in a recent podcast without attribution to my friend. But we need to be accept we need to accept everyone, accept everyone without approving of the things they may be involved in. That's what Jesus did. He accepted everyone. Didn't matter what was what your baggage happened to be or what you were involved in. He accepted everyone. Sinners, come. Find hope. Find salvation. Find eternal life. Be healed. Be cleansed. But come. So we need to accept. Give, show acceptance without approval. And what else do we need to do? We need to show true compassion without compromise. And you know, for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, uh, you, you've, you've employed that before. Certainly, I've been involved in situations where I had great compassion for the person who was broken and may in fact have committed a terrible crime. The person who came desiring to know the truth and yet they had hurt so many people. The person who just wanted finally to be forgiven and yet their life was so raggedy and, and, and filthy and filled with just it was maybe a moral cesspool but see jesus says come i will give you compassion i will heal and cure all that ails you this is this is our calling my friends we need to represent jesus fully acceptance compassion uh without approval without compromise and we need to be ready to stand 
And if God's called you especially to stand, then you need to do so filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the wisdom that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're going to have a rough time of it on your own strength. Anyway, the book again is We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin W. Lutzer. And uh, thank you to my friend Joel for turning me on to this book. Friends, always a pleasure. BrianSussman.com is the website. Until next time. <laughs>